This is the Frontier Podcast, powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at The Frontier Pod. A 20-year veteran of software engineering, Oren Boyman's Bay Area-based Magisto has reached 100 million users over the last decade. Oren has been a visionary in his field, understanding the importance of AI well ahead of the curve. Magisto is a pioneering video editing app which employs AI to assist with the editing process. This fascinating chat with Ledge covers the future direction of AI and user interfaces and the importance of the younger generation needing to know everything. If you want to harness AI in order to better understand customers, then this podcast is a great place to start. Oren, it's great to have you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Could you just give a you know a couple minute background story of, of yourself and your work and, and tell us about your, your firm? Uh, sure thing. So uh, I'm Oren. I'm uh, the CEO and co-founder of a company called Magisto, which is an AI-based uh, um, app and platform for video creation. So it's actually AI that helps you create videos. And um, I'm coming from a very technological background. So I, I did my... Uh, um, major and master and a PhD in, in computer science and, and, and mathematics. And specifically, I was uh, uh, drawn to computer vision and AI early on. And uh, that's kind of where, where my passion for, for really for AI uh, came from. And with, I also had like a product management uh, background, which got me very interested on, you know, what AI can do to products. Now I'm talking here about uh, a couple of years ago, before AI was so, uh, you know, uh, uh, a topic that everybody talks in uh, uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, and and where we, you know, where we ended up is uh, with Magisto having uh, an app and platform that's served over 100 million users and uh, about 100,000 uh, paying uh, businesses and subscribers. And it's kind of interesting that, you know, we got to a point where, where it's becoming obvious right now that AI is so embedded in products that what we thought years ago as, as vision, me and my co-founder Alex, also a PhD in computer vision and, uh, and mathematics, uh, is now kind of is everywhere, right? I mean, our, our kids are, ex- are expecting to talk to the computer and uh, they're just coming. It's so obvious, right? Which is interesting to think about. I would not imagine if, uh, about the future, right? How's the future going to look like if, if that's where we are right now? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, my kids like you can't even say I don't know anymore. That used to be the great answer, but now they say, "Well, just ask Google." Yeah, <laughs> you can't not know. Uh, yeah, I mean, so having been out in front of that, you know, what's this experience been like when I don't know the rest of the world kind of caught up and and pop technology is using the things that were kind of in your head before and you actually have a real business around it you know help me help me sort that out because there is so much misinformation about ai now and you're you know actually doing it yeah uh and 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 that's actually you know pretty it's a pretty difficult thing to do i think there is a lot of as you said there's a lot of hype about ai but at the same time there's this huge um um kind of forward moving i mean ever forward uh um motion with AI uh, innovation. It's like you, you read about that uh, in the papers almost in a, in a, you know, every day or every week, which is pretty amazing. Um, 
But at the same time, there is a very big gap uh, between AI in the academy or AI in, in research papers um, to AI in, in a mass scale um, productized version. And that's something that we, I think early on, we learned uh, how challenging it is. It's, it's some of the things that we uh, we became better and better is in the sense that the product management of AI is something that is, I think only now it's starting to be appreciated. And, uh, and, and you can see the gap, right? So if you look at how much innovation there, there is uh, with regard to AI and how much money is being poured compared to actual products, that um, me and you can touch, and we just talked about kind of the Alexa Siri versions of them that we you know now regard as interfaces, and there are you know kind of products in specific uh, um, um, niches like video creation as Magisto, but given all the hype and everything that we're talking about, it's actually not a lot, right? So there is a gap there, and the ability to productize AI uh, has some. I think it's creating uh, substantial uh, obstacles. We also see that in self-driving cars and the implications of it, there's an uh, inherent trade-off between letting the AI do its thing, okay, to controlling that, okay? It's a very, very difficult trade-off. Uh, and the trade-off is actually the, the um, uh, that's uh, the, the, the most important point where the product needs to make decisions, right? So for instance, if you're, uh, let's, let's take an example. So for instance, for uh, um, an assistant type of things, how do you so, – so if you assume that the, um, the AI is always correct and that was the case, that's going to be very easy, right? So the AI will understand what is the query or what are you trying to do, and you, know, you, know, you take that, you parse that, and then you get, give an answer, right? But then how do you backtrack – when the AI doesn't get it, it's actually a very, very difficult thing. To, it's almost the entire product, right? The, the product is, is, is not about what happened when you get everything right. It's about what you get when, when you don't get it right. Uh, and uh, um, uh, so the product about how to deal with the fact that AI might not understand the intention or, or the fact that user wants to adapt it or not all information was passed is something we, uh, we sometimes ignore and that's became a lot of uh, a lot of the emphasis we put in the product. So, for instance, when we built Magista for the first time, it was intended for consumers, and it was fully automatic. So, you gave Magista photos and videos, uh, you pressed a few buttons, and bang, you got a video back. And this was kind of a deep understanding of everything that goes in the story and characters and everything. But you couldn't change it. So, let's say you say, okay, that's nice, but it's not what I intended. Okay, how do you communicate that to the AI? Now you need a different level of, uh, of interfaces and innovation just to be able to converse, not by talking, right, but by interface, by some form of interface. Uh, can be an API, can be a UI, um, to explain and direct the AI where you want to go. But if you can do that, the, the, the benefits of doing that are, are immense because you're, you're essentially turning people to, to Superman. Right, they are so. We, with Magista, we can take uh, kind of the uh, uh, you know fitness instructor, yoga instructor, SMB that are very good in being yoga instructor, but don't understand anything about video, and they can create video within five ten minutes as professional video makers, and do that in 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 ten uh, uh, x less time it would take to a professional video creator because they're using manual tools. So so it's it's a huge advantage, but but you have to be able to 
solve for that. Uh, I mean, the product has to be able to solve for the um, need to communicate with the AI and to direct the AI to where you want. That, that's a crucial thing. And again, I think it happens where, where the AI makes mistakes or where sometimes, um, for instance, on, on, on when you talk about assistance, when you talk about assistance, there's a lot of um, common sense, right? When we speak, that is not there. It's really not in the query. It's not, it's not the AI fault. The AI needs to know everything about the world and what you've done and where you're coming from and where you live to know that uh, what's happening right now on TV or whatever. The context is missing. So in order to direct it, there, this, this, is, this became uh, some of the innovation in the recent years that there became an ability to, to build on context. So that's a form of user interface which lets you guide the AI to where you want and understanding that, that uh, um, um, those, those gaps in information need to be filled with essentially product. Um, so, th- so that's kind of where we took it and uh, you know, we, we have um, uh, tens of patents uh, which we learned, you know, the hard way by being there first and kind of trying to to uh, uh, to break uh, various walls. Uh, some of them were technological. Some of them were, were just we, we didn't know how to make people express their intentions in a way that AI can understand that. Uh, so I think that that's something that in, in many ways uh, is happening everywhere where you have AI and everyone needs to solve their their um, uh, product, their AI product interface questions in a different way. So think about self-driving cars, right? Um, if you assume that you can control the car, and this is not a fully autonomous car that just does whatever it wants, how do you control it? What happens if, if it doesn't really understand what you want it? And that's in real time where, you know, where things are moving and everything. So these are all things that uh, need to be solved for, for every uh, product that makes use in AI. And I think that's where the sophistication and um, uh, and technology is, is driving us. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of stories about, you know, Microsoft unleashes their AI on Twitter and it learns in 48 hours how to be an awful racist, right? You know, and it's all about that input. So yeah. I imagine that along the lines of your user journey on, on the productization that you also learned how to turn your users into the trainers, of the future experience, yeah. right? So you've got two different tracks there because each user and in that interaction, if done well, trains it to be better for next time. Uh, but you know, what are some of the stories along the lines there? I mean, I don't think you started chunking out racist videos, right? So, you know, tell me, tell me some of the stories that, that were just sort of like mind boggling on the way to getting where you are. Um, well, First of all, you know, you talked about kind of learning, right? The learning aspect of the of the artificial intelligence, and obviously that's a very very important one. That's that's what really moved uh, AI to, um, um, you know, from five years ago to today. It's, it's really about learning, and a lot of it is deep learning. Uh, but the ability to use mass amounts of uh, of data, um, which is kind of interesting. I mean, in our case, um, we started from um, a, a B two C. Offering so Magisto is a, is a is a leading video creation app in the App Store and then the Play Store and everywhere. This is kind of where we started from, uh, where where we had a better understanding of the the customer because we are consumers and you know dads or and we we also communicate on social media. We understood what it means to be able to uh, to create video for personal expression, and only later we moved to um, to add businesses and professional video marketing uh, aspects of the product. But to begin with, what happened because of that, that path uh, is that 
Magisto got, you know, hundreds of millions of videos produced on the platform, and that created invaluable data, um, which if we probably if we chose a path which just goes through kind of a B2B offering, we would never get to those volumes, never. Uh, so it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting that uh, we got there without really uh, intending uh, because I think that the, the, the aspect of the amount of data and how crucial it is to get to those mass amounts of data was just um, uh, kind of being more and more established in, in, in the AI research community as, as, we, as, it, as it, AI improved. It was not the same thing uh, seven years ago. So, so the AI uh, deep learning revolution happened, you know, significantly less time. Um, so it happened to be that we made the right choice and we got the data. And the data uh, significantly improved our ability to get to extremely high accuracies and also to get invaluable data um, that relates to things that don't, exist in databases, right? So you can, you can have databases and repositories about um, um, face detection and object detection and all those kind of kind of generic uh, uh, generic uh, activities of, of computer vision and AI. But how would you find a database of uh, hundred millions of videos? What is regarded as the best video storytelling, right? And, and, and there's no and, and there's no even kind of uh, ground truth for that. It's really about people's taste, right? So, so we actually, we, by generating that data, it gave us a huge boost in order to uh, to uh, to improve the product. And um, and uh, uh, as it as it grown, you kind of we, we use more and more of those abilities to uh, to drive innovation. But there's the, the thing there is that actually it's not that similar. I, I think when when you're looking at that from uh, from a uh, kind of a machine learning perspective, you have a very nice and close problem of uh, you have a problem that you need to solve. You just put data, you learn it by doing number crunching and, uh, and you get a, you know, you get some sort of a network black box that just does the work and nobody really understands how. Um, the, the, uh, when you're working in a real situation, again, there's a product there and there are users. Uh, it's very, very different because as you are improving your capabilities, the users do what users do which is they come up with requirements, right? And those requirements are, are sometimes not there. They're not even optional. So again, when we started Magisto, it was a fully automatic process. Now suddenly, when users say, we want control, okay, there's the, what we talked before about the product question about how you even integrate that control, how you input that control. And then once you have that, uh, you train something, and now you need to be able to kind of you know, poke it in, in, in multiple ways of something which is black boxy in many ways and to to uh, try to move it to the places that the users want it. So there's another level of learning which is, happens for every startup. This is the product market fit where you get feedback and you, you, you create features, right? But when you have an AI engine in the middle, that AI needs to adapt uh, by itself. It's not the same function that just learns more and more and more data. It's becoming a different, uh, completely different beast uh, over time, uh, but but at the same time, I mean, the benefit from that obviously it complicates things uh, tremendously. But the benefit is you're giving even more and more inputs, right? So whenever, so we, with Magisto um, uh, for professionals and businesses, businesses can actually get the initial video, what we call a draft, and they can get inside and then start to play with it, 
like you're playing in, you know, in almost like a, a storyboard PowerPoint way. You can uh, shuffle things and say, I want to highlight that and add captions. And, uh, and that creates a lot of options for interface. And every one of those interfaces, you have a user that says, I got what I wanted or I want to change it, which is more and more inputs, right? So the app becomes better and then users come with, with new requirements. So, so it's kind of a, it's not just the improvement of, uh, of AI with data, Okay, which kind of this is like a, a function and a black box thing that you would expect. Okay, that just runs and improves itself for for something like a module for face detection. Um, when you have a user with an interface to the AI, it starts many many levels of of cycles of improvement, and and we always find those things uh, um, inspiring because it, you know you always learn about new features and new requirements from the user, and then what happens is that as you try to plug those uh, understandings to, to the product and the AI, you're creating new problems in AI. So a lot of the problems and a lot of the innovation we did in Magisto are actually problems that are unknown as important. Nobody, nobody, nobody's working on that in the, in the academy. And I'm sure this is true for every domain, for self-driving cars. And it's like, as you solve those things and as you try to, to, uh, to improve the way for people to control and harness the power of AI, then you're creating sub-problems that are crucial as you go, uh, and nobody knows about them. So the question is, do you have data to solve them, right? And, and, and how do you solve for them? And is it good enough? And when you solve it, what, what kind of other residual problems are remaining? What are the new occurrences of these? So this is fascinating. I think this is fascinating. And, and uh, um, it, these are kind of the unmapped uh, and uncharted territories of where AI is taking us. That, that combination between product, user, and AI it's uh, on the product market fit when you take an AI and put it there. It's a it's a three way conversation between uh, uh, technologies, new technologies, uh, uh, product requirements, and, and customers. That at the end of the day, are always right, uh, and uh, it, it, it is fascinating. So I think that most of our innovation is from there, not of just trying to be uh, you know innovative in doing a, a better object recognition or tracking whatever. Obviously, we have you know we have tons of data and we do that on state of the art level. But the real interesting things happen when you're getting to the details of the domain, um, where, where you really are solving for the first time uh, crucial problems that nobody even knows they exist. Right. It, and I'm sure they are, again, on, on, on speech and, and assistance, on self-solving cars. Everywhere has its own thing that, that uh, the people that really work deeply on that understand these are the interesting problems, not just understanding the... Uh, you know, the, the phonetics and, and, and ascending the word. That's much more than that. Yeah, it makes me think that, you know, sort of the inevitable path to the general AI is really everyone doing all of these uh, successively less narrow applications and, and inputs that, you know, it's the collection of all these yeah, narrows yeah. together. And, you know, it, it's almost like the the limit that we may never approach is the combination of all things, right? So. It's 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 so far that it's not easy to see even you know how we get there and uh, so I, I would say it's much farther than from people that are afraid about that yeah. you know they have they, they can they can be afraid about you know real things like uh, AI taking jobs which is true for every right, technology right. right any automation technology can take jobs um, that that is you know that's real and that need need to be attended to but the general AI. Um, no, that's not not even close to. Uh, I, 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 you know, I think that many of the leaders of uh, of AI in the big 
companies are, you know, they're participating in those conversations, but, you know, on the inside, they're saying, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this is not, not even there. Right. I mean, we're not even doing like, the basic stuff. I mean, what are well, you talking about? Well, it captures about? the zeitgeist. You know, everybody wants to know when Skynet is coming. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. let me switch gears a little bit because this is, I mean, you're obviously, I can tell just from talking to you, you're, you're a passionate explorer and researcher. And I mean, that's the path that you, you came from. And yet you have to wear the CEO hat. And, you know, I just wonder, like, how do you make space for both worlds? Because being a CEO is a full-time job, you know, and you don't get to be a researcher as much and, you know, sort of scratch that itch. And in and, and every measure of engineering and, and science, we, we see that where people are making trade-offs in their life to, to lead yep. instead of to, you know, sort of be able to, to crunch code or algorithms or, or research. So how do you, how do you make that balance? Um, well, first of all, that, as you say, that balance is hard. Um, and also I think that the thing which is hard about that balance is that, um, uh, it's, it changes over time a lot, right? So what you, what we've done when we've been, you know, a team of 10 and what we've done when a team of 20 and then, you know, 50, it changes all the time. Um, and you have to, to adapt to it. I mean, I, I think the first thing is that you really have to have a team of ninjas, Okay, that uh, that can do the work by themselves, and it's it's uh, you know some my co-founder and uh, our, our um, um, leadership team and the people that uh, you know they recruited. We have we you know we enjoy having a really really talented team that uh, that stay with us for a long time. Um, so you learn you know over the years to to develop you know kind of. Uh, uh, processes that are almost uh, telepathic, right? You don't need to even formalize them. It, it just happened by itself. Um, so so in, in many ways, I, I was able to step out more and more and more from the, uh, from the process uh, because many of the things happen by themselves, right? So it's kind of like uh, it's becoming unconscious for the CEO because they happen and, and you don't need to intervene. Um, when it's still uh, important, and this is kind of where, you know, my, my, uh, my role uh, in the startup, and I think it happens a lot for uh, founder CEOs that they feel the the role of the uh, you know kind of the, the product vision. Vision is a big word; it's more like direction. Okay, let's call it this way. Where where are we heading in terms of direction? Now, I think that the 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 thing which is important for uh, for um, AI focused products is that it's very very easy, very easy to point in directions that are simply impossible. So actually, if you, if you think about it, you, you're trying to, to, you know, there's a narrow crack somewhere, okay, between technological feasibility, uh, product need, uh, cu- enough customers, uh, a business model, right, that, that makes sense. Uh, and, and, and when you're taking all those constraints together, there's kind of a tiny crack. So the, the ability to read that crack and not point everybody to all the rest of them, which are just walls, this is critical, Right. And um, and it's true for every startup, but even more so with AI, um, because there's much more in AI we can't do than the thing we, than we that we can do, um, or even you know things that that potentially you can do them, but they're going to be so expensive, right? They're not going to make sense from a business. Uh, there's not going to be a business case for doing them. So um, so I think you know my my role uh, is really you know about the ability to I mean. Today is to to see 
kind of where as CEOs should do where, where the market is going and kind of what, what things in the, in, you know, market trends and, uh, and trying to foretell the future or at least foretell the, the present. I mean, even if you can tell, if you can uh, predict the present, uh, given the, the pace of, of change, it's, it's something. Um, and then, and then directing, directing all the, 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 the experts in our company, right. To find that crack, and it's it's amazing how small that crack is, right? It's like it's so easy to take direction there that are not feasible, which is true for every business, right? So think about the majority of of, of success stories we hear about startups. Uh, you know, usually we hear about success stories about startup that um, that were sold so fast for so much, but it's actually before so they develop a product which people wanted. Right? But it was not, not necessarily, uh, they didn't have a business case or no business model, right? A business model, getting to a functional business model is, is drastically more difficult um, than just getting a product out there, which, which people like. Uh, and, and then, you know, adding on top of that uh, also, you know, competition and, and, and the way the market uh, changes and technology uh, uh, changes on top of that, we change a lot, uh, a lot and fast. Uh, I, I think this is where... Um, where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to direct the company. And, and I think I'm, I'm doing it in more and more um, um, directional way. And, 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 and I cannot, even if I really want to, right, intervene in the, in the day-to-day questions of research, which are fascinating. They're just fascinating. Um, and that's what I like about, uh, about the topic because it combines the, um, not just the AI technology, but also... Um, uh, creative research, which which is about the, I mean, when it comes to video creation and and and, uh, and, and marketing, it's about the ability of people to express themselves, right? So you, these are also also things. If you think about video and how video is, is reshaped social media, and and now we're talking about the video, the videification of the web, video reshaping the internet. Um, so so those things are also innovations in how people communicate and their effectiveness, and these all all, all those things are kind of working together with. Uh, uh, with the advance of AI, it's really fascinating and fun. And, you know, I, I, I have to stop myself in many places not to, to dig too deep uh, just because it's so much fun. Uh, and as you say, I have other duties to do. <laughs> well, I love that. I love the passion. I'm sure we could do this all day long because I'm fascinated by, uh, by all of this. Um, Oren, thank you. I think what you guys have done and created is, is really exciting. I hope everybody goes to check it out. We'll make sure that, that they have links and you know, all of that, but great, great story. And, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io slash podcast to get in touch. And we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.